When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome back into the latest edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. It is the game preview pod, quote unquote. We'll talk a little Giants cults, but also a lot of other storylines around this team. As the Colts get ready for their road finale Sunday in the Meadowlands. Colts-Giants, 1 o'clock on New Year's Day. No place you'd rather be than on the couch watching Nick Foles, I'm sure. But on top of that, we'll discuss the future of Chris Ballard. There's one question I want to ask when it comes to his future, whether it's here in Indy or somewhere else, and they're bringing a new GM in. Because it is New Year's resolution. All right, George, New Year's Eve on Saturday. We figured, let's give the Colts some New Year's resolutions. This year is shopping. How can we make sure 2023 is not a repeat of 2022? We have some resolutions for this team as well. And we will give a game pick and even discuss with two games left in this season just absolutely down the tubes. Is there anything to either gain and or lose worse than what we've seen so far? So we got a loaded game preview pod here for you coming your way. So, George, let's head on. Well, first of all, happy early New Year. We have made it to the road finale. Glad the pot is still going on. So cheers to us for, for how bad the Colts have been. We have made it to almost the end here. Getting close to the finish line, which is which is nice. Uh, you know, just a few practice days left in this year, just two games left in this year. Uh, yeah, you know, happy early new year. And uh, maybe maybe 2023 will just bring better storylines and, and, and more fun and joy to this franchise. I am just thankful we did not get canned like Frank Reich. And then this Colts podcast was replaced by a computer, you know, analyst. And I don't know, a, a mathematician. Like that, that's basically what it what could have been the equivalent so, of if we took the Jeff Saturday approach here. Well, you're basically just saying, though, is, is two people who are afraid, right? I mean, that, that's what the owner was talking that's about, true. a computer analyst and a mathematician. So They love numbers. We're not afraid. Exactly. That is true. We are we are brave here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod because we show our face three times a week, even with this team playing like the way they are. So speaking of which, George, what are the ways to get back to – in playoff contention, division contention, Super Bowl contention, is getting good players on the roster. Duh. Obvious. Well, one of the ways to do that is by, is by having a, the right GM in place. And obviously, Chris Ballard's future now is, you know, the biggest thing to watch going forward here. Jeff, uh, Jim, Jim Mercer multiple times said Chris Ballard is the GM. You want to take Jim Mercer's word? Good luck for you. But here's a question I want to toss your way. Because we've been talking a lot about, you know, Chris Ballard's future. Should he stay? Should he go? We're talking about the, the Colts draft. Should they draft quarterback or not? Let me ask you this question. Does the G like does Chris Ballard, or I guess I'll, I may ask it even a simple way. When it comes to drafting a quarterback, is it more likely that if you keep Chris Ballard, he's more inclined to use that top five, maybe top four, maybe trade up and, and be aggressive to get as high as you can? Is it more likely that Chris Ballard is likely to draft a quarterback at the top five, or is it more likely if you bring in a, G, a new GM, that new GM, whoever it may be? We're more inclined to be aggressive in the draft, which is something that Chris Ballard rarely has done for the most part in terms of trading up at least and getting a quarterback. It's more likely that new GM, again, unnamed right now, 
would be aggressive and kind of getting a quarterback for the Colts in the draft. I think it definitely would be more likely that the new GM would. Uh, for one thing, they've got a lot more leeway. You know, you, you're not as concerned about, well, if this pick doesn't work out, you know, in November, my job's on the line. Th those kind of things aren't on your mind when you're a first year GM. So you can swing big and and try to get that, you know, go move up and, and, and try to get that franchise guy. Uh, and I think that's what, you know, the two things most GMs do when they take over any franchise uh, if there's not a quarterback already in place, they're going to go and, and draft a guy uh, or trade for a guy, you know, and, and and get that set up. And when I say trade for a guy, I mean more like more along the lines of what we were talking about earlier in the year, going for a Trey Lance, going for a Jordan Love, somebody young who you would, you know, have that runway with who you're going to build around. Uh, and the other thing is you get a head coach, right? I mean, those those are the two things that a new GM wants to do. Uh get those two positions chosen and then you build around them. So I would assume anybody that came in would, would be more likely to. My big question with Ballard this offseason is, you know, will he change his philosophy in that regard? We've heard him say many times one of the reasons that he doesn't just, you know, take a big risk on a quarterback is that if it doesn't work out, he he won't be around uh, you know, to to finish it. Uh, does that change now? You know, when, when your head coach has been fired and, and, and when the team is, you know, not in good shape and, and the offense in particular is, is a mess, you know, is there less risk in his mind about that? Because I, you could make the argument that it's just as risky for him this offseason not to go and, and get a young quarterback and start building around him as it would be to get a guy and, and for that to not work out. That's why I asked this question, George, because it's like, I'm not trying to cop out here, but like I honestly don't think it matters because like if you're Chris Bowden, I think you're right. Like, I think he, his job is more in danger if he doesn't draft a quarterback in April compared to if he does and it doesn't work out. Just because, like you said, like the pressure's been there. Right in the six years, he's never done one. The the uh, I know Andrew Luck was there, so it's not like you know early on he had a reason to. Remember since Andrew Luck left, you know again when you kind of go down the, the the veteran route again, we're talking about how it's it's failed more times than it worked. I'm not sure if really Chris Ballard has a choice. And again, like I just feel like if he's gonna be brought back and Jim saying decides to keep him and follows through on what he said, I think it's gonna be because there's a plan in place of hey, this is how we're gonna get our quarterback. It's not gonna be Derek Carr, it's not gonna be Jimmy G. Here's my plan. These are the I don't know, two or three quarterbacks that I feel comfortable taking here. Maybe you know, we'll discuss a hen and hooker if you know how things drop in the second round will be aggressive. Maybe we'll get, you know, a tackle in the first like something like I I just think Chris Bowles is gonna be back. It's going to be bad because he has a plan for how to attack the quarter acquisition in the draft. Whereas a new GM, like I just, the reason why I ask is just because like you said, it's such a, it is a risky move to draft a quarter, right? Because more times than not, it doesn't work out. If you hit, you hit and you are set for life for the most part. If you fail though, it's tough to come back from. And I wonder if you are now a, a first time GM or even a first year GM in Indy. Like you mentioned, head coach, presumably they will be the ones that, that hire that new head coach. And it's like, are you also then in the same cycle? You're going to take another risk and draft in a quarterback, or you would you want to go along slowly and say, hey, I'm going to work on the head coach, and we'll kind of piece this one together, and then I'll get a quarterback maybe in a year or two. I just wonder how the philosophy would be, and I think they're being, depending on who it is, maybe a little bit more of a conservative nature from a brand-new GM because there's so many big decisions to make this offseason where they're trying to play the long game. Where Chris Ballard, like you mentioned, I think he's damned if he does, damned if he does in this offseason. So – I think that kind of almost forces him to kind of do something he's never really done before. And that's kind of go all in on a quarterback in the draft. And I also think regardless of who the GM is, 
Um, is a veteran quarterback going to want to come here? How attractive, you know, is this job now for for a veteran quarterback? You go back through and you look. I mean, obviously, Philip Rivers was a free agent. He chose Indianapolis uh, in large part because of Frank Reich, but also because he felt like this was a place he could come and win. There were plenty of reports that Carson Wentz preferred to be here over Chicago and to some extent, you know, wanted to be here and, and affected that move happening. Which and then Frank obviously, Ryan. yeah, you know, and, and then obviously this past offseason, Matt Ryan had the the conference call with uh, Ursay Ballard and Reich and chose Indianapolis uh, and kind of forced Atlanta's hand in, in making that move. So, you know, take a guy like Derek Carr, he's got a no trade clause. Even if the Colts were sitting here and saying, hey, you know what, um, this is our guy, this is our target, what about Indianapolis would make Derek Carr say that's that's where you know my best opportunity is? I think that's another thing with this offseason. I, either way, I think the GM may be kind of cornered here. You're either going to have to get a free agent uh, with very little options, a quarterback in a trade with very little options, or you're going to have to draft a guy. I just I don't know what you would sell. Derek Carr's the guy to use right now because he's the guy we all know will be available. What would you sell Derek Carr on to say, hey, come here, and it's going to be different than it was with Matt Ryan. It's going to be different than it was with Nick Foles, and it's going to be different than it was with Carson Wentz. I'm glad you wrote the no trade clause at Derek Carr because right, that's been a topic we talked about on the last pod we did. So if you didn't, you know, if you missed that, make sure you get you download, subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Pod so you're always up to date with everything that's going on. And at least when we were recording, we put a poll question out on Twitter. It was still early in the poll when we kind of were talking about there were some of the results. And at that point, I remember yesterday we were talking about it, it was like 55% no. Well, now that we're 24 hours later removed and a lot more votes, if you wanted Derek Carr, the question was, would you want Derek Carr as quarterback for the Colts next year? 80% said no. So a lot of Colts fans are off board with Derek Carr in the first place. But you're right. Even if it was 80% yes, because like you mentioned, of the no trade clause, he controls where he wants to go. The Colts are, are very, right now for a veteran quarterback, not attractive. We talked about it a lot. They're not a quarterback away. They're not. They need time to build. They need time to develop. And if you're a, a veteran guy, you don't have a lot of time. You don't have a year or two to waste kind of growing up with some of the young guys and teaching them and dragging them along. So then you hope in a year or two, two or three years, maybe at that point, you know, that you could kind of compete for a playoff spot. It's just right now they they are in a spot where, again, a young quarterback that can grow with a lot of these young players is the absolute way to go. So that's why, like, because I saw this a lot on Twitter the last few days about, you know, Chris Ballard and I'll oh, get get out, get rid of him because um, then culture drafts quarterback. Like, I think you're right. I think whoever the GM is. I think they're going to feel immediate pressure to draft a guy because one, like I said, there's not many veteran options. Two, uh, Jim Mercer, the fan. I would say the fans are climbing, but Jim Mercer is climbing for uh, uh, an answer to get off the quarterback carousel. And three, it's just like with the way the team is constructed, like I said, having a young quarterback uh, with this for the most part core of young guys, it just makes the most sense in terms of team building wise and in terms of window wise, where your window right now is not open. I would hope. Uh, you know, if Jim Irsay does move on from Chris Ballard, but even within the head coaching search, I would hope those interviews are draw driven by the quarterback conversation. When you're talking to head coaches, one of the first questions should be, you know, what's your plan at quarterback? What do you envision? If we draft Bryce Young, what would you do? If we draft CJ Stroud, what would you do? If we draft Anthony Richardson, what would you do? You know, Will Levis, what would you do? Which of those do you prefer? Um, I think that's got to be part of the, the, the equation with the head coach. I think it's got to be a huge part of, of that 
whole process and who you hire there. And if you brought in a GM, it should be the question um, that in the head coach. I mean, those, those would be the two things you have to have a plan uh, at those two spots. And I just don't see how quarterback's been the biggest conversation every off season since Andrew Luck retired. But I think this year, even more so, I, I don't know how it can be anything, but you know, what is your plan at that spot? And again, that could change a little bit based on who the head coach is you bring in. I mean, much like with Frank Reich, if they've got a history with somebody, they might lean towards trying to acquire that guy. Maybe that guy would want to come here. Uh, and that could be a young quarterback. Take somebody like D'Amico Ryans. If he were to take this job, maybe his idea is to get Trey Lance. Maybe he felt like, you know, that is the future. And, and you know, he's he likes what he sees uh, in practice from him and he wants to bring him in. Or, you know, anybody, if, if you hire somebody from the Green Bay staff, they might want to go get Jordan Love. You know, I, I don't know. Obviously, without knowing who that head coach is, it's hard to say what they're, which way they might lean. But to me, that's got to be a big part of this whole equation. I think that's part of what went wrong in Denver. They brought in Nathaniel Hackett. Basically, you're chasing Aaron Rodgers, and you're saying, you know what? Uh, we're going to hire Nathaniel Hackett. It'll convince Aaron Rodgers to come here. And then Aaron Rodgers says, now nah, I'm, uh, I'm going to stay in Green Bay. And you try to put Russell Wilson in there, and it's a, it's a square peg in a round hole. And you see the results. Like I think that's a big part of this, this search. You've got to make sure this quarterback. You can't guarantee. You don't have the number one overall pick. At least you don't yet. <laughs> so you can't guarantee uh, that spot to a head coach. You know when when Andrew Luck was coming in, you could say, "All right, we're going to draft Andrew Luck. Let's let's go that way." But you can still have an idea. You know you can you can sit down and like I said, throw out multiple guys and say, "What would you do with this guy? What would you do with that guy?" which you prefer, that's got to be a driving force here because that head coach quarterback combo, that's obviously that's what drives the success of your team. Oh, you've hit on it too multiple times. And the Denver, um, the Denver point is perfect because you're right. Like that's where you did not have everyone aligned on the same page. They thought they were hiring the head coach for one quarterback, end up being a different quarterback. And now you see Denver looks like they are just dead in the water right now. Russell Wilson has totally regressed. There's, you know, there, there's not a lot of hope that uh, that he could actually turn it around. And one head coaching hire, just and one move based off of hope, changed the entire possible trajectory of a team that in the Broncos was. I mean, we talk about one quarterback away from like legitimate Super Bowl attention. They were right there, knock on the door, and you hire the wrong head coach. The quarterback doesn't fit, and next thing you know, you're kind of going backwards. Even though last year they had Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke playing for them, they were in a worse spot this year. Russell Wilson. Because of that, like I said, non-cohesiveness at head coach quarterback compared to what you had last year. So you're 100% right. Like, whether it's Ballard, whether it's a new GM, you have to have everyone on the same page and in lockstep. And depending on the head coach you hire, right, they may have a preference of, I like Anthony Richardson. I, I think I can mold his game better. Or I like Bryce Young only. Or Hendon Hooker or someone. That's, if you take value in the second round, I mean, get a, you know an offensive tackle or a wide receiver here at the top five pick, I think I'll feel a lot better about the offense going forward. Like, Right. You have to, first and foremost here, figure out the direction you're going to go based on your head coach and then mirror that vision to actually, you know, getting the proper personnel, which to Chris Ballard's credit, if you want to make a case for him to stay, I think he's for the most part done a good job. At it. He's listened to Frank Reich. He's picked players that Frank Reich has had an affinity for. I mean, you know, you know, uh, he loved Carson Wentz and want to get him here. Um, you know, guys like the other draft stores like Paris Campbell is a guy that, you know, Frank uh, Reich really liked coming out of Ohio State and draft him, you know, when he had the opportunity to. So Chris Ballard has shown a flexibility 
to build a roster around the head coach's vision. It's just now, like I said, finding the right head coach in order to execute that vision into hopefully what is reality of a good football team. Yep. And it's where it all goes, right? I mean, those two spots are are so critical and they're both going to be open this off season. And I think that's, we've seen the last few years, it's been all player wise, but you know, Hey, they got to get a left tackle. They got to get a quarterback. They got to get a defensive end. And you could argue that the reasons that those seasons have not ended up the way they want them to is they weren't able to get good answers at those three spots. Same thing this offseason, except one of them is the head coach now. You've really got to go out there and find that guy uh, in, in set. I, I feel like, and I, I think you agree, on the offensive side, it's got to be back to square one. You've got to, it's got to be a completely blank slate. I don't think anybody over there should be untouchable. I don't think anybody over there should be guaranteed a role next year. Um, I think you've got to do whatever it takes to, to get this new head coach's vision, whatever that is. You know, we don't know what scheme he's going to want to run. We don't know what he's going to want to emphasize. We don't know what kind of players he's going to want. And you've got to go into that with the idea that we'll we'll tear up all 11 spots if that's what it takes to get this guy the offense that he wants to run. Because no one, like I said, no one deserves offensively this year to, to have a claim and have that right to be like, oh, yeah, of course I'm unmovable, I'm untouchable. And now he's starting to spot that question because, right, like no one's performed at anywhere near the level they should when you have one of the worst offenses in the NFL. You're right. Everyone's job, without a doubt, is up in the air, whether you are – Deion Jackson, or whether you're a Quentin Nelson, right? Without a doubt, for sure. Um, but I think to, to put a bow on this, George, I think the GM to me is irrelevant in terms of if they're more or less likely to draft a quarterback. So I think whoever is the GM at the end of the day will feel that pressure to get a guy, and I think will end up pulling the pulling the uh, the trigger, whether it's number five, number four, like I said, whatever it is, whatever spot the Colts end up. I think there we will see a first round quarterback go for the Colts, whether it's Chris Bauer or someone else. And I expect Jim Irsay to have a big hand in that. I mean, he has the quarterback position has been the one thing that he's been very vocal about throughout his, his entire reign here. You know, we know that he was a big part of choosing Peyton Manning. Uh, we know that he was a big part of, of choosing Andrew Luck. Uh, and I assume he's going to be a big part of choosing whoever the quarterback is this year. Uh, I think that's going to be a part of it too. And, I, and it, that's why I agree with you 100%. I think the GM is going to do that either way because I think the owner is going to be in his ear telling him this needs to be done and this is – the way that I would rather see it go. Yeah. Jim Mercer is not shy to have his voice heard. That is, uh, that is for sure. And we're seeing that play out right in front of rise this year for sure. All right. We'll return here on the blue horseshoe pod new year's Eve. At least as we're recording this on Thursdays, 48 hours away. So as we get set for the new year and look ahead towards 2023 and hopefully brighter days, we have a few new year's resolutions for the Colts to make sure 2022 will not replicate itself in 2023. We'll do that when the blue horseshoe pod does return. 